For the first time in more than five and a half years, we There's finally, finally have a few have new, a few answers, new to answers to a question that is loomed that is over loomed Indiana, over Indiana, 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 Does that worry you at any point, at any point, at any point, at any bit, at any bit, they're still trying to put those pieces together? It's been over five weeks since little Kaylee Anthony vanished. Her mother, Casey, has been arrested for lying to police. She's being held without bail. Hey, greetings from the year 3000. It still sucks. This is Philip J. Fry, and you're listening to... The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Show. I'm your host, Daniel J. And alongside with me is Big Blue tonight. Big Blue, how you doing? Um, doing good, man. Doing good. Awesome, awesome. I'm seeing in the uh, live chat that people are saying there was some echo going on. Is that still happening? No, it's not. Good now. Awesome. Awesome. Want to say uh, thank you to everybody that is uh, new into the uh, the chat. Uh, welcome everybody that's new. Welcome back everybody who uh, has been a contributor to the show. And thank you, Amber Rice, for becoming a YouTube member. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. So, Big Blue, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing okay, you know. I, I I was looking forward to tonight. I was excited about being able to drink, and you know, I, I got another curveball thrown at me, so I can't uh, drink tonight. If you don't mind sharing, what is that curveball? I was at work yesterday, man, and I was like, man, my throat's on fire. You know, I was eating some Popeyes chicken. Like, man, it's not, it's not the spicy chicken. I eat this <laughs> all the time. So mm-hmm. you know, I started drinking water, and my throat was still on fire. So I. I, I, you know, clocked out early and got checked in and I got strep throat. Oh, geez, man. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate, my man. I uh, hope you feel better. Take some medication. Take what you need to take. You get um, get healthy. Uh, and uh, I'm glad you could be here tonight. No, Hyman won't be joining us tonight. He had some um, other arrangements that he had to take care of. Um, but he will be back when so just to kind of give everybody an, uh, a little bit of an update about what's going to be coming on to the show in the next couple of days or what's going to be happening. Um, first and foremost, tomorrow we'll be having 
um, our midday live. We're going to be going on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We're going live during the day. Tomorrow we're going to have it's a criming shame. We're going to have Sunny Justice on the uh, on the live, and we're going to be talking about the Nicola Bullock case. Apparently, it's not as clear cut as it seems. You know, there's a lot of uh, speculation going on and uh, a lot of theories being thrown around. We're going to deep dive into those tomorrow, so you don't want to miss it. Like, subscribe, ring that notification bell. Uh, tomorrow afternoon we have a uh, video that we are um, tomorrow evening actually. Um, we plan on debuting a video, uh, getting caught up on the Dylan Rounds case. Um, there was uh, someone just recently charged in his missing, uh, in his disappearance, and charged for murder. Uh, and we're going to break down that case and kind of go through it and get everybody caught up. So for those that aren't familiar with the case, you guys can get caught up with us. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting case, man. I can't wait to dig into it. You know, there's some really crazy stories and allegations in that town about what happened. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it definitely, uh, definitely does seem like it. Um, <clears throat> it, it it's crazy, man. It, it definitely is. And so you don't want to miss it again, like, and subscribe. Um, also guys, I, I put this out earlier in the community tab that we were, um, we created a new channel. Uh, it's called drunk Turkey clips. In fact, I'll show it to you real quick. Um, <clears throat> right here. The link is in the description. Um, we got about 20 subscribers already. Let me see. That was earlier. Let me see if it's changed. We have 30 subscribers. So that's jumped up 10 in, uh, since I've checked that. So thank you guys so much for, for subscribing. If you guys don't mind uh, going over to T Drunk Turkey Clips, all that's going to be is going to be clips of the... Uh, of our live shows that we do um, shorts and I mean, not shorts, but like um, pre-recorded videos will still be aired on this channel. Majority of, of everything will be aired on this channel. The only thing that will be aired on the clips channel is just 10 to 15 minute segments of our lives just to uh, promote the channel. The description is in the description. I appreciate each and one of you guys for, for doing so. Yeah. Thank um, you guys. Yeah. Before we get into um, our main topic of today, which is <clears throat> this Brian Koberger in the Brian Koberger case, is there a uh, accomplice? Is there a confidential informant? Uh, more docs were leaked out or not necessarily leaked out, but more docs were brought to life here recently in the last couple of days or yesterday, uh, which also used the word confidential informant. We'll talk about that. But before we do, well, you know what? Let's get into that first. Let's go into that first. Right, Blue? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's do it. So let me blow this up. So this is the state's uh, motion in order to temporarily seal the stipulation and release property and release docs pending hearing. And um, we'll go through this document and... Um, and we'll talk about it. So this is the state of Idaho versus Brian Koberger. The state of Idaho by and through the Lotsaw County prosecuting attorney respectfully moves the court pursuant to um, Idaho Court Administrative Rule 32G1 and Idaho Code 74-124 for temporary order sealing the stipulation to release property. All related uh, documents, including Exhibit A and B and any other order filed here and because release of disclosure would one interfere with informant uh, enforcement proceedings two deprive a person of 
a right to a fair trial. Three, constitute an unwarranted invasion of personal property. And number four, disclose the identity of a confidential source and or disclose investigative techniques and procedures. Interesting. Interesting. Wherefore, the state respectively prays the court temporarily seal the public disclosure herein under the provisions of Idaho Court Administrative Rule 32G1 and Idaho Code 74124 uh, pending hearing on the matter. So the state is really trying to keep things under wraps. Right. And, and there's a lot of words. OK, I, I understand once or twice. You know, um, we had Kevin Greenlee and Anya Kane from Murder Sheet uh, on the podcast. Kevin Greenlee is an attorney, and, and he talked about what boilerplate is, which is basically a copy and paste of documents that would be uh, universal, so to speak, in, in a certain criteria. I understand maybe one of those things happening in one document, but in multiple documents that comes forth, whether it's a confidential source, informant, um, you know, it, it continues to come up. You know, I, like I said, one is one is, you know, maybe a mistake, two is a coincidence, three is a pattern here. And this is multiple times here. Big Blue, do you think that at this point somebody disclosed something by some means to point the finger and point the direction to Brian Koberger? Um, I don't think so um, yet because. I just think they're what I read. The reason why they're trying to do all this is because they don't want us, the people on the internet, to blow it up out of proportion, and they're not going to be able to get a fair trial for when they call the jury summons. You know, they're trying to get everybody to know the least they can about this case. So when they call them to do the the judge the the, the jury selection, it'd be a fair trial for them. Well, I, it's going to be very difficult for Brian Coburger to have a fair trial anywhere in the United States. This case is, is is huge. Now, are there people out there that aren't aware of this case? Probably so. But those folks are probably far away from Moscow, Idaho. You know, the closer you get to that direction, the more uh, of this information is out there. Um, you know, clearly the state is trying to hide this stuff, um, perhaps they don't want to fuel some fire that could speculate there being some kind of reasonable doubt out there. Um, but I'll tell you what, all this secrecy and all this hiding and like, we still haven't even gotten the 911 tape. Like yeah. that to me is insane. Right. It's like, what are you hiding? The 911 tape. And also, you know, I'm pretty sure when the officer showed up on scene, they had body cams. They haven't released no body cam footage of the scenes and everything. I mean, I know it's respect to the family, but in a lot of other cases, they show that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. In a lot of cases, they show a lot of these things, especially once and after a, um, a, a person has been arrested or charged. You know, I understand the secrecy and, and, and whatnot prior to an arrest, but once an arrest has been made, I mean, you can look at it in any high profile case. I mean, look at the one that's currently I mean, it's not. Yeah. The criminal charge that is Alec Baldwin. You know, this is an actor. He's being charged. We have, you know, 911 tapes. We have the interrogation. We have the, um, you know, the body cam footage from the incident. 
And in this case here, it's like the, the police department is trying to cover up as much as they possibly can. You know, is it that there's maybe perhaps a lack of evidence here and um, they're still gathering information, you know, at this point, <clears throat> uh, up to the point where the police arrested Koberger, there were some things that weren't found, right? You know, you didn't have the search of his apartment complex. You hadn't had the search of the uh, the vehicle and the results of those things, the results of, uh, of um, you know, the personal belongings that they took up, the book that's underlined, the whole nine yards, right? And, you know, I would assume that there's some really hard concrete evidence there, especially in the car, uh, for them to really, you know, make their case pretty concrete. The fact that they're trying to hide things and stuff kind of leads me to believe that maybe perhaps it's not as strong as we would like to hope. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think they have quite a bit on them. The DNA is going to be pretty big on there. Because uh, I was looking at reviewing another case, and they got you know the guy on charges without a body, you know, what I mean? on the case that I was looking at, and it's just like a half-page sentence of what the, the judge had to sign off on to to charge him, and he charged them. So this is this thing has like a paragraph of stuff, so and a, I mean a couple pages worth of, of stuff. So we'll see, man. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Gail, for your $5 super chat. We appreciate you uh, with your super sticker. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, we had a comment in here saying that Fry had stated that the 911 tape would come out, right? And that it would come out, you know, fairly sooner than later as far as, you know, after the arrest was made. Still has not come out. Still has not come out. It just seems like, in my opinion, you know, you look at the uh, Richard Allen case and it seems like, you know, his attorneys that came out and said it was flimsy, it was weak. And that them wanting to seal that case up as tight as they had was a uh, an indication of how weak that case is. Right. I mean, that's the illusion that the defense process, the defense is coming out forward with Richard Allen. I can't help but feel the same in this case here. You know that maybe it's not that strong. I understand that they want to, you know, maybe perhaps keep this there in Moscow and and uh, try to get a, a jury that's not going to be, uh, you know, get a, get a jury that's right for them. But that's going to be very difficult to do. Um, I, I think that they probably needed to move it out of there. I mean, the city, the, the, the city isn't very, very large at all. And so let's read this. This is the in district uh, court of second judicial district of the state of Idaho and for the county of Lata, uh, state of Idaho versus Brian Coburger, based upon the motion to seal the stipulation to release property and all related documents here filed here, then the court does hereby confirm that order that stipulation to release property and all related documents include exhibit A and B. And this order are confidential, exempt from disclosure, and are sealed pursuant to Idaho court administrative rule. Reasons stated. And so this was um, a motion until April 1st, 2023. Uh, whichever occurs first. And so for everybody that's just jumping in, you know, they wanted to, the reason that they're going with this uh, seal is, and thank you so much, Patty Riddle, for your uh, 9.99 super chat. Uh, we appreciate you. Th- thank you so much. Is right here that the reasons that they want to, the order is to be filed uh, would be because they were trying to prevent interference with law enforcement proceedings, deprive 
a person of a right to a fair trial. You see, like if that's the one and only thing, right, you know, deprive a person of fair trial you know, just put that in there, you know, to put the other ones, you know, you would you would assume that there's there has to, there would be something that would fall under there. So constitute an unwarranted invasion of personal privacy, disclose the identity of a confidential source and or disclose investigative techniques and procedures. So more and more thoughts and questions coming forth, uh, making making me believe that perhaps maybe perhaps there is some something to um, there being an accomplice and or a, uh, uh, an informant. Blue, uh, in your opinion, if there is one, would you think that it was either an accomplice or an informant? I would say more like an informant. You know, maybe a witness that saw something and or maybe somebody drove with him. Remember, he drove out of his way not on his way home maybe somebody went with him and waited in the car and that's true and maybe drop somebody off you know these are all theories that we have but the more and more you know they're, that they're trying to hide stuff and the the stuff he said himself you know he said did they arrest anybody else was anybody else arrested when he was arrested so maybe yeah yeah it, 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 it to me it's it's looking more and more in that direction um, just being honest, it, 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 for me, I, you know, there's been a lot of people that have, um, a lot of rumors that have come forward that, um, perhaps it wasn't Coburg or, or perhaps that he was just a drive getaway guy. And one reason being, um, that he didn't have any scratches. There's been nobody that's come forward to say that he's had any injury to his arms, his hands, his neck, his face, um, you know, we can pull up pictures of people that have had that, you know, that have committed a crime, a heinous crime like this uh, up and close. And, you know, there's humongous amounts of scratches, uh, cuts on the neck, thing, things like that. And to me, it's just it, it doesn't make any sense for it um, at this point. You know, like, um, I mean, not to make sense. I'm sorry about that. I'm reading something uh, for me. It doesn't make sense that he would go in there, commit this crime against four people, two that are possibly alive, and come out without a scratch on his neck or face. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, but he, like, he was wearing a long sleeve, I believe. Uh, you know, didn't say he was wearing a, a long black shirt. So that would prevent scratches. Um, the mask, I mean, that would help in case he you know, when it got punched in the face, you wouldn't see it right away, but you would have seen it a couple of days later. You always see the, you know, the bruising on the face or the bruising around the eyes. They, they take a while to go away. So he never, and nobody in class said anything. The doctor didn't say that he saw anything. So I'm pretty sure um, we would have already seen evidence of that. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there was some, there was a picture of him in a turtle, in that turtle suit to protect him, and his neck and his face were, uh, exposed and so was his shoulders and I, you just don't see any 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 anything that would make you think that he was in an altercation that severe and you know he also went to the doctor he also attended his class the very next day you know his you know he really didn't change his schedule up much after the uh after the uh the incident now one question that always 
you know, that I've brought up many, many times, many times is that, you know, the, the initial spotting that we're aware of in the probable cause affidavit is that he was heading westbound at 326 a.m. At the, at the 700 block of Indian Hills Drive. There is a, um, a house that has a, a ring camera uh, in this area right here. I'm not sure if you guys can see it. And at 328, he's passing this intersection here. And um, what do you call it? That's a direct, that's a direct pass. At 329, he's at the, at the resident's house being picked up on the ring camera. So he was coming from the uh, east, traveling west, when if he was coming from his house, as it's been speculated, he would have been traveling eastbound from the west, if that makes any sense. And we have a uh, $20 uh, super chat. Didn't in and wear a scarf to cover his neck in his interview. He may have. He may have. Uh, I need to go back and look at that. He may have. I, I remember him wearing like a like a like a weird beanie hat, I think. And I remember the sticks behind them from the stick juggling that he does. Mm. I don't remember him wearing a scarf. He may have though. I'm gonna try to see if I I can find that. Um, uh, that interview. was like in December, right? Like for what? Four months oh, he ago. He did. He did wear one. Wow. He was wearing one. Let's see. I have it right here. This is the interview here. Yeah, we can still see his neck. Yeah, but I. It's hard to tell. You can't tell if there's anything here or there. There's nothing on his face. Yeah. But yeah, he did wear he did wear one. That's for sure. Interesting. Um. Good good pickup. Good pickup. Thank you so much for for that modal man uh, MX, and thank you for your twenty dollars super chat. We appreciate you. That is that's interesting. So in 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 Arch is a guy that. That we well, as soon as he came out on his interview, he had his Reddit post. He had all those things that he was talking about. We we, we looked at him pretty heavily. Um, do you think that that this kind of guy would be? You know, there was the question about Brian Kohlberger and him not making friends, right? You know, him being socially awkward, having his family have to try to make friends with him. You know, Enan Enan Harsh didn't seem like he was the most socially you know, uh, opposite of socially awkward person. You know, he seemed like he was also a guy that was a little quirky. And, you know, do you think that perhaps two guys that are socially awkward could become friends? And I mean, his guy has a, is a lengthy record as well of, yeah. of robbery, burglary, and drug use. And, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Blue? I mean, there's always a possibility in this world that they've met and they've known know each other but i'm not accusing of anybody because there's no proof right now of it so that's just hearsay right now. right right exactly but <clears throat> there's been some interesting stuff that has happened or occurred since let's uh i'm gonna pull this up real quick blue it's gonna be a video that does have sound so we'll have echo but let's watch this i was like no i'd like this is not happening to me this is not happening to me 
Tonight, a WSU PhD student who reported an attempted kidnapping last month is now sharing her account of what happened. She spoke exclusively with Kremtu's Amanda Rowley, who has been following this story since Pullman police first alerted the community of what happened. Amanda is joining us now with those horrifying details. The night of February 3rd was one of the scariest moments of Daniela Padilla's life. She says a man she didn't know tried to force himself inside her apartment. She's grateful to be okay and wants to share her story so this doesn't happen to someone else. Daniela Padilla moved into her Pullman apartment in August, excited to kick off the upcoming school year at Washington State University. The PhD student from Chile is studying molecular biosciences. One night on her way home from the gym, she says she noticed something unusual, a faded black car parked outside her apartment with the engine running and the trunk left open. I didn't think much of it. I just kept walking. Daniela opened her apartment door and then out of nowhere, she says a man appeared behind her and tried forcing his way inside. As soon as like I saw him, I like pushed my weight on the door and he was grabbing the knob, right? And he kept ringing the bell forcing the door so like the door was moving hard. She's convinced he was trying to kidnap her because of his behavior and the suspicious car parked outside. It was like he he's there to get something and go as soon as he can. A few days after reporting this to Pullman police, Daniela posted what happened on Facebook as a warning to the Pullman community, hoping no one else would feel the same fear. I was like, no, I like this is not happening to me. This is not happening to me. And I was really scared that I was going to, like, die. Now, a month later, Pullman Police Commander Aaron Brashear says they followed up on numerous tips that did not pan out. And so far, investigators have not found any evidence to corroborate Daniela's story. Maybe he could have been, you know, under the influence of something. Daniela is still uneasy about that night. She has no plans on returning to Pullman and is hoping to pursue her Ph.D. elsewhere. So she was so terrified that she left. Um, somebody forcibly tried to come into her house. She said she saw the car with the uh, trunk open. So uh, basically <clears throat> thinking that it was a potential kidnapping type of situation. Um, man, you know, WSU student in Pullman, Pullman area. It's it's continuing to happen. And this isn't the only one. I mean, and and this comes from. Uh, Mitchie Gal, 29, in October of 2021, a WSU female student woke up with a man over her with a knife wearing a mask. He was never caught. This is absolutely true. I also saw that as well. And so, you know, there's there's some craziness that are still continuing to go on in this town. Um, it's insane, man. It is. It's insane. Um, the things that are going on right now. Um, one last thing that I want to talk before we uh, open up the phone lines. And by the way, guys, pay attention because we have a new phone number for the phone lines. So um, stay tuned for that. But one thing I wanted to look up real quick and kind of get your opinions on uh, was basically how Koberger was found when he was arrested. So there was some breaking news that when the tap the technical team bursted into Koberger's residence, that he was um, he had his gloves on, stuffing his trash into Ziploc baggies and basically splitting them apart with a flashlight. I guess that's why they had the flashlight on his person and the four gloves. You know, we we're trying to figure out why would he have those things on his person? Right. 
Well, I guess we figured out why he was, uh, I guess, creeping around his mom and dad's house late at night, getting trash out, putting it in Ziploc bags. Do you guys think that that's something that, or do you think, Blue, that that's something nefarious? That's something like he's trying to keep his DNA out of something? Or do you think that's more on the, on the lines of like an OCD type of symptom? I think it's something nefarious because if it was something OCD, he would do it before he put it in the trash. That's true. That yeah. is true, Big Blue. Way to come in clutch on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, OCD people don't like messing with trash. Right. It's so messy and sticky. and I'm not OCD, but, you know, it's the truth. Yeah, so you think... All right, so if he's taking out his DNA from from the trash, right? Let's just say that that's or he's trying to hide something. Um, where, where that's a weird way of doing it, but I mean, I guess you know the uh, the police were stumped as to why they couldn't find his DNA in the trash. I guess they figured it out at that moment that it was uh, due to the fact that he uh, he was taking it out and then putting it individually into the trash can. Um. That's crazy, man. That's just so crazy for me to, to, yeah, to okay. Maybe it was one thing like you know, like my kids, they leave stuff around and when it's trash day, I just go around with a trash can when I'm trying to fill up the trash bag and pick up whatever is trash. You know what I mean? Like they leave a half empty bottle of water, you know, maybe a open bag of candy or chips by their desk and stuff. So maybe uh-huh. he had that stuff out and his mom and dad cleaned the house before trash day and he it's like hey you know they threw away my stuff and they can get my dna from it right 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 definitely ocd same reason he was cooking pants never touched meat Uh, that could be that could be Uh, one thing that i had noticed about his hands is do they look red to you blue uh they look pretty, yeah. I mean, that, that's like normal for a lot of people, especially in cuffs. You know, you're, you're putting them together, but his nails are kind of weird, like he bites them. Well, I'm sure he's nervous. He has a lot of time on his hand, he's not doing a lot where he's at right now. Um, you know what I mean? And so, gosh, I, I thought they looked a little red, like he, he was constantly washing them. Like he's a guy that would be constantly washing his, his hands. These look like wintery hands just dry and irritated. Okay, okay. I just thought maybe perhaps there were a situation where he was a guy that washed his hands quite a bit. Uh, I wash my hands like a lot at work and mine ain't red, but maybe because I also am in the sun all the time too. (laughs) Yeah. Brownish red. (laughs) Got you, got you, got you. So we're going to be opening up the phone lines. We got a new phone number for uh, everybody. We're trying to to do something um, to... So that way we can hear Blue and, and Blue can hear you guys. It, it ended up not working, but we, we got the number anyways. Um, and so give me one second. I have my computers going haywire right now. One second. So there's, there's quite a bit of you on the, in the, in the live chat today. Hi, everybody. Yeah, 1,100 of you guys. If you guys do us a favor and hit that like button, we'd appreciate that. So I'm going to put the phone number into the chat real quick. 
I'm going to paint it. I think one of the main things is, is going to be, like in the Murdoch case, everybody said when he took the stand, it was his downfall. I'm saying, I, I want to think he's going to take the stand, and that's when his downfall. He seems like he's going to be pretty, pretty talkative. I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> no, I hear you, Blue. I hear you. Let me see. Um, give me one second. I got a lot of things going on on my computer at the same time. I mean, all right. So the phone number is 726-842-0812. It's a new phone number. Um, um, it The lines are live. I'm going to try something real quick. Uh, Blue, do I sound like echoed or anything right now? Not right now, no. Okay, cool. Just okay. wanted to make sure I unmuted it. Hey, earlier, I had this up and unmuted, and <laughs> uh, everybody was complaining about an echo, so I wanted to make sure. So we have our first in. Uh, do you hear it, Blue? I hear it. Call from MMA Kim Lund. Hey, it's Daniel with the Drunk Turkey Show. You're live on air. Uh, unfortunately, Blue, you won't be able to hear Blue still, but we'll be able to hear you. Uh, who are we speaking with? You're speaking with MMA Kim Lund. How's it, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. Uh, you're not... We talking live or what's going on right now? Yes, sir. You're live on the air. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I got a lot of questions about that uh, CI stuff. And, um, you know, it just, uh, the whole case just, uh, it kind of messed my head. You know, somebody got going to house, got four people. I do a lot of MA fights. You know, I just kind of hard for me to see a guy walking in there and executing four people in 30 minutes. You know, it's just, there's going to be a problem route, you know, not, I watched this case from day one, you know, yeah. and I thought I didn't harsh, you know, that was the first guy and just, he, he has no sympathy. He doesn't care about what happened to the victims. You know, I saw his Facebook and, you know, if it was my neighbors, I'd be wanting to look for the guy, but he doesn't really care. You know, they were, they were murdered and he doesn't want to help try to find it. It's like he laughed, he mocked him. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, about that man, you know, and he's, I've looked at his Facebook. He's not on. He's just somewhere. And, you know, I messaged him a couple of times. He didn't mess back, you know. And, you know, I just, the whole, the whole works, you know. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I don't know if I'm on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're live on the, uh, live on the air. So <clears throat> with In and, In and Harsh, um, do you think he was an accomplice or do you think he was the informant? You know, I think he was CI because I've looked him up, you know. Um, I mm -hmm. can't see his jail records, you know. I just want you know, I got families, law enforcement, you know, and um, right. I know a lot of about cases out here, detectives, you know, uh, a couple of the sponsors, like Mike Stedham, he's an ex-cop, and, you know, I, I know how informants work, and they work off charges. And so when I looked at his uh, jail roster, you know, and he's got all those charges, but it's like he worked some of them charges off to be charged with, aggravated uh, assault or aggravated robbery what he did you know and when i looked him up on mugshots he's not there i've also called pulling please uh you know and so there's no mugshot of that guy so there's something weird about him being a ci and it's like he's mocking the whole situation because criminal ci's they like to work up their charges they like to play games and they're not really trustful with uh law enforcement and 
you know, um, it's just his whole story. It just, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like he, he changes it, you know, the whole, whole thing and what happened out that night, you know, like I heard one thing with, uh, they're all, they're all trying to name it at BK, Brian Colberger, but there's this one little video that, that, uh, you can hear him, uh, arguing. So he's saying, this is in a stash house. And then, and, uh, quickly someone goes go get him and then you can hear someone getting stabbed well he says oh, i've been stabbed and then he's just basically uh you know Ugh, you hear this and it's just you gotta really hear the audio and stuff and so that's what kind of makes me not believe bk did it you know because right. you know there's a lot of other people there there was like three males that i heard because at first of it goes man i'm old school this stuff is weird and that's when the whole thing just happens but i think what it is is gillen morrison doesn't want to say much because she was, or, he, you know, he was like shocked that they actually went out and uh, carried this execution out. Right. And uh, so, you know, Dylan wants to be quiet about it. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's a whole weird thing, you know, and from, from the time where his uh, car is and everything, it just, it, it sounds like he was just there in the area, but these people had their phones off. But see, Einan Hart, she does gaming and stuff. And, you know, gaming, you can connect with people on uh, headphones. And, uh, you know, it's, it's untraceable. You right. know, and, and the way these guys did it, it's like they left their phones at a certain place. And, you know, Brian Koberger, he had his phone on. He wasn't trying to hide nothing. But, you know, and, and you look at how shocked he is, too, you know, like, oh, that's not me, you know. And so there's something else that's like they named him off. You know, so it's really interesting to find out what happens June 26th. Yeah, yeah, it's you know. gonna it's definitely gonna be very interesting to figure out what's going on. You know, the more that this case continues to bring out paperwork that says, you know, terms like confidential source, informant, uh, you know, co-defendant, things of that nature, makes me believe that there is somebody else and somebody else involved. Um, thank you so much for calling in, man. Uh, me and Blue are gonna talk about your comments and. Uh, and and go forward from there. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, man. You bet. All right. Yeah. All right. See you. Bye bye. Good caller. Good caller. Um, <clears throat> Enon Harsh. Yeah, he's he's a guy that a lot of folks have have looked into. Uh, they thought that he seemed a little bit suspicious, but as one guy brought it up in the in the in the uh, live chat, um, a criminal informant may be instructed not to talk to the media. He kind of went to the media pretty early. But who's to say at that point he was the informant? He may have been an informant afterwards. He hasn't come out to the media in a long time. What do you think, Blue? I mean, that could be. I, mean, I, I would have thought the same thing if he was an informant. They would try to, you know, hide him right away. So that way nobody can. Because once they tell their story to the media and everybody, then they're, they can't be counted as um, credible. Right. You know? Yeah, and publicly Buzz comes in saying he's disappeared for months now. Yeah. All right, I'm going to turn the do not disturb off so the phone lines are open again. Uh, you may call. But, yeah, no, I agree with you, Blue. I agree with you. But it, it's definitely it's a curious situation, you know, uh, or, or story that he has. And the, the words that he used, uh, like, for instance, I think he used the term sloppy, which was also described as the scene. He, he talked about you know, his behavior changing at work, like that he was crying after the fact and that he had to be consoled at work. Things like that. We have another caller coming in. Two. 
call from? Deandra. Hello, you're on the Drunk Turkey Show. Uh, oh, wow. Sorry, I didn't think you guys were going to actually answer. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You're talking um, to Daniel. How's it going? Uh, good. So um, I like that you guys are talking about Harsh because I've been watching like from day one all the weird groups, anywhere from the psychologist to the, the you know, crazy people talking and with the whole Enon Harsh, 100% believe that him and BK were like, together like with drugs so like h or something like that mm-hmm. and i believe that harsh did not participate in everything but he like was the watcher so he like was the spotter probably went from the food truck y'all probably annoyed with how many times i've posted that in every chat mm-hmm. um <laughs> but i definitely think he was watching i think bk as meticulous as he is as cocky as he is planned it and was already in the house. So I believe the car was seen because somebody else was driving it and that it was more than a nine minute period if they're solely going off of the footage of the car, if somebody else was involved. Right, right. And, and I, then, I I had often said, like, you know, this this weekend that this incident occurred, this was the last football game for the Vandals there at the University of Idaho. So they were partying it up. It was expected to be a party weekend. WSU had parents weekend. And so um, they had a large amount of people in both of those towns. And, um, you know, this was an area that was supposed to have been a party area. And everybody, a lot of people have come forward saying that it was very quiet that night. And um, my question was, how did, how did Brian know it was so quiet? Unless somebody told them. I feel like they were they were surveillancing it. I don't think it was like the one person. Um, and I, it's it's weird because I I mentioned this a while ago and I'm only going to mention it once. But if you guys go into the this that song I had mentioned the uh, the Pullman Washington song. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you go through the entire album, I've listened to it from start to finish, read every lyric, the whole album is like an incel album. It's like about guys that can't get girls, so they kill them. One song is literally named after a guy who killed his wife, a real life story. Um, They're all about like this, you know, oh, she doesn't like me. I'm going to creep in through her window. And super weird that the dates are the same on the murder. So that's just like a weird coincidence. But if you read the whole album, incel, like Mm. it's very creepy. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that, that BK lined his car. Like, I think he was trying to be like Dexter. Like, I feel like he's cocky enough to feel like, oh, I can get away with this. Like, you know, this is my last hurrah. One of them was going to move, you know, that he took, he, he like took a, a chance to like shoot his shot and got sloppy, I think. Right. Right. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. Um, I'm just going to we have some complaints about the live chat being a little bit too fast so I'm just going to slow it down real quick but yeah no I I definitely think that he was not the only person I think the neighbor's really creepy and what you know I think a lot of times when people are trying to hide they hide in plain sight Right. and the loudest person in the room sometimes is trying to hide the most I guess so mm-hmm. I, even though if he did not do it, if it was just like some creepy dude that meticulously planned this, I still think that it was just too coincidental to, you know, 
even if he wasn't involved, I bet you he was like his dealer. Some some weird, you know, just very weird thing. So that's for just sure. like my two cents. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, there's a lot of weirdness in this case. There definitely is, and it makes you think that definitely more than one person was involved. Yeah, like like the previous. Oh, go ahead. Um, sorry, I did see uh, one debate that was in one of the Idaho groups, the one that Papa Roger was in, uh-huh. and someone was talking about Enon, and he had said that it could be possible that he was involved and then got upset and, like, freaked out a bit and then decided to plant the sheath that he had known that BK had touched because he was already next door, he was already there, so that, like, that was one theory I heard. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't think it's, like, the truth. But I thought it was an interesting perspective of, like, what if Brian really didn't know it was there because, you know, somebody was like, oh, crap, we're going to get caught. Right. And then, you know, might as well pin it on the other dude. Right. Makes sense. Would make sense. Definitely does. Uh, thank you so much for your call and your and your questions and your comments. We appreciate you so yeah, much. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Great caller, great caller. What do you think, Blue? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, if he wasn't accomplished, so the the cops would have vetted him. The the cops would have gone through all his. Um... Well, if he's an informant, you know, criminals are informants. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they come up with a lot of the best intel. Because they have it, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I, I would think so. If it was an accomplice, I think he would be in jail. So in my opinion, it has to be more or less probably, unless it was somebody who uh, was just the driver or uh, made a phone call and said, you know, there's nobody there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, somebody yeah. that didn't take part, didn't walk into that building into that house i'm gonna take the do not disturb off it is off calls can now come in i think one reason why we don't hear much of them because a lot of people like you said are accusing him of being an accomplice and stuff like that and he got a lot of negative a lot of, a lot of negative flag from his reddit post so i think you know he, he wants to be out of the spotlight yeah yeah maybe that's maybe that maybe i mean he did create a channel, though, in an arch. Uh, we have... Call from Dave. Live on the air. Um, who are we uh, talking to? Hello? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Hello? Yeah, this oh, is hey, Dan- is this Luke? Uh, this is Daniel. How's it going? Oh, okay. Hey, what's up, man? Not much, man. You're live on the air. Uh, who oh, are you talking cool. To? Hey, um, I'm autistic and I'm a little bit nervous, but I want to point something out. We keep talking about, you know, Enon Ian, Ian Harsh, whatever his name is, and um, Koberger, and that your first caller was talking about um, how he's an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. Okay, out of all of the known suspects in this, just so everybody's clear on this, Kopaka was trained to do this kind of stuff that's true that is true he was a uh pararescuer airborne he was was he pararescue because if he was pararescue that's air force special forces 
It, it was Army. I'm, I apologize, but he. Uh, I know he yeah, was a. Wasn't, uh, it wasn't terror rescue then. Yeah, he was airborne though. Okay. According to, let me rephrase this. According to Crime Circus, I I haven't dug deep into him, but I watched right, the, uh, right. I watched I the video found, from Crime Circus, and they talked. I about haven't him. found much information about him either, but you know, I mean, some of those guys, especially special forces, knowingly throughout history have gone into buildings, killed people, left people alive. And walked out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you he know, does... and I think like, I mean, he's out of out of everybody. Enon Harsh, Kohlberger. I mean, we can talk about those guys all day, but there's only one person that we can talk about that was literally trained to do that. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's also a guy that you know, according to. Everything that we know was, um, you know, threatening his roommates to take their life before his life was taken. Where are these roommates? Where are all of the interviews with people around that would have been in that neighborhood for the first six hours before they gave an alert? Not one interview with these these neighbors, not one interview with the roommates that he was threatening to kill. That's true. Good point. That is a good point. So they, there was a six-hour standoff in a residential neighborhood, and nobody filmed any of it. That's very true. That's very true. You you bring up a lot of great points. You bring up a lot of great points when it comes to to Copacabana. I'm gonna let you go, but let me let me point out one more thing to everybody. Okay, everybody's talking about a confidential informant. There is a good chance that Kopaka could have been that confidential informant, and he's not dead. Maybe. I mean, you know, witness protection and, you know. Um, yeah, uh, but it's not even about witness protection because witness protection is for, like, a bigger area. You're not mm -hmm. going to put someone in witness protection, like, in, a, in, like, a small area like Idaho or Washington you're going to literally make them disappear. The problem with witness protection is that if you listen to like old mafia people that are in witness protection, they still can find out where those people are. You make right. somebody disappear and that person is not a problem until they're needed. Yeah. No, you're absolutely but right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you so much for calling. Um, we're going to talk about this. We're going to put the do not disturb on. And we're going to conversate a little bit about your call. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. You know, he makes a lot of, lot of valid points there, Big Blue. What, what, are your, what are your first thoughts about what he was saying as far as Kopaka and the fact that there's not much coming out of that situation that occurred that took his life? Um, oh, wow. Blue, blue. <laughs> it's the Daniel J show now. Um, give me a second. Thank you so much, Modal uh, Man MX, for your $5 super chat. Is it possible something found at Copaca that points to Brian? That is very possible. You know, there was one thing that I had done. I had um, asked um, Kevin Greenlee. Um, so there was a document, and I don't have it on me, but that document referred to a co-defendant, confidential source, and that if the, uh, the prosecution didn't plan on using 
um, this informant um, that they didn't have to disclose who that informant was. And in that conversation with uh, with Kevin Greenleaf, he uh, I asked him, I said, hey, would the terminology be in that manner if the the informant is deceased? And he said, yeah, that, that, that would be absolutely be one of the reasons why the terminology be, be that direction. You also have the fact that, um, well, one, let's, let's look up the, let's look up the map real quick. Let me pull it up here. All righty. So in the morning, uh, at 2.44 a.m. Uh, to about 2.50 something, I believe, uh, he, Brian, Co- uh, Brian Koberger was seen or the white Elantra was seen in this area. Right. And it was parked there for, for quite a bit of while over here is where, um, um, Copaca was living at. It's not very far, not very far at all. In fact, let's measure that up real quick. We'll do it by feet. I believe it's this apartment complex. It's 800 and 777 feet to where uh, Koberger was parked and seen parked at, or, or not seen parked, but seen here two different times, uh, nine minutes apart. Had he gone somewhere parked out of the view of what I'm assuming is these lights here? Let's see. Let's um, put this into perspective. So I'm assuming he parked, um, there's lights here at this, uh, I mean, cameras here at this light section. So I'm assuming he was probably somewhere down that direction over there where it said he was traveling northbound in. And so he was down here. Whoa, my mat turned around on me. He was down here. Then, yeah, Kopaka's right there. It's. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I think that there's a possibility that he said something. I think there's a possibility that when SWAT team went in there and as um, the last super chat came through is maybe perhaps when they were there on December. um, What was it like the 13th? I think it was uh, perhaps they found something in his apartment that linked Brian, uh, Brian Koberger to this. It's very plausible. Um, there's a, it's, it is definitely a rabbit hole. Um, but the caller mentioned a few things. There's no witnesses. There's no video of the standoff. There's no, um, the roommates haven't come forward to talk about what had occurred. Nobody even knows who the roommates are that were involved in this. And when I brought up witness protection, it wasn't so much that I thought that um, this would be a witness protection situation, but that in witness protection, you know, having the, you know, the rest of the world think that you've passed is not um, uncommon, so to speak. Great call. Appreciate it uh, so much. Let's, let's open up those phone lines again. I'm going to turn off the do not disturb. So phone lines are open. Let's see. I'm going to go through some of the comments as well while these calls are waiting to come in. Do not disturb is off. So uh, the phone number is pinned 
at the uh, in the comment section. And real quick, while I have you guys, um, we're looking at seventy three percent of people believe that um, that are in here that there is an accomplice and or a um, uh, uh, an informant. No calls yet. No calls yet. Just want to make sure this is running around. Comes one. Five, six. Call from Anna Maria. Welcome to the Drunk Turkey Show. You're live on air. Who are we speaking with? Hi, Daniel. And Blue. Uh, it's Anna Maria. How's it going, Anna? Nice to meet you. Same year. I wanted to say I love you guys. You're one of the shows that I've been following with the Idaho Four. Uh, there's a couple that I follow. Um, and initially when this happens, I always doubted one person could even do this. It just seemed to me a lot for one person to kill four people in such a way like many people felt. And... <clears throat> That's what led me down to the road, which you were talking about, Brent Kupaka. He's a Purple Heart Ranger. So in my mind, I don't want to think that he was involved in the killing, but perhaps that, like the gentleman said, was he working undercover? Because I do believe very strongly that this is a drug trafficking situation. Whether police are involved because they're skimming money out of it, that's also a very real um, thing that could be happening. And that's why, you know, there's a lot that could be opened up from this case. And a lot of people could take a fall for a lot of things going on. But um, it, the drug trafficking in that area with a lot of those LLCs that are prime areas in the universities, prime targets, college students. I think Enon Harsh is involved. Uh, I think he helps with getting drugs. I don't know if he's a trafficker himself, but I think it goes even above them. And I don't know if you saw recently through Crime Circus, mm -hmm. uh, Brent Kupaka's Eye. I'm sure you've probably seen it, uh -huh. where they're showing. Now, whether this was doctored or not, who doctored it? And if it was Brent that did it, did he do it for a reason? I, I seize you. And it shows to me very close to being on that house in that particular area. From the very beginning, they said that area from Uber drivers is known for drugs. Mm -hmm. You got Enon Harsh who lived there. He had an apartment at Washington University. And what other better place does he go now is to San Francisco which is sort of where the corridor of where a lot of these drugs may be coming in to our country. Right. Um, you never can find the names of the people that own the LLCs that have these properties. Never can find, like I try to look, mm -hmm. you can't get a name. Like who are these LLCs? Who are the people that own these properties? And um, that girl that you just had on Washington State University, uh -huh. that's like even human trafficking now. And what prime thing? You've got beautiful, smart college girls, probably a lot of money for that. So where do you go? You go to look in universities and colleges. 
Now, of course, with Maddie and Kaylee, obviously they weren't, or Zana, they weren't going to be human trafficked. But I think it's true that they may have done something. And that whole Adam thing, maybe that's something that they were going to get in trouble for. Apparently Maddie and Dylan had a fallout. Again, it's all hearsay, but uh-huh. a couple of weeks before the murder, maybe they found out what was going on at times where they weren't at the house. Maybe they were doing um, some selling of drugs. And she said, this is it, you know, and maybe they were going to go. Maybe the sorority, too. You got that sorority that's been known to have problems with drugs now. People have been kicked out. There's been talk that the girls either left or were kicked out of the uh, sorority. And it would make sense to me if Maddie caught on to this, that maybe she just said, I'm not going to be part of the sorority anymore because she knew something was going down. And um, you always hear about drug trafficking, that when they're going to murder someone and send a message, it's usually personal and enough to send a message. And the other thing real quick about Enon Harsh, he lied on that interview because you can see him at the grub truck. He was at the grub truck the same night the girls were there. He was there before they were there. You can see him in his poncho. He's got the glasses. <clears throat> so when you're getting interviewed, why wouldn't you be honest and say, I was at the grub truck that night. Then right. after the grub truck, I went home. Why did he totally not even go there and made it sound like he just was BSing with the friends where he worked? And happened to come home around two o'clock. Like to me, like that was a little suspicious too. Um, and there's also Slowworther. Like you don't see him now. Like you don't see him or the girls. Like they're like off the radar. Right. But if he did have something Slowworther to do with it, there's a gentleman at the grub truck that comes in shortly after the girls. He's by himself. He's short-statured, dark, kind of fits the description of that girl that you saw from Washington University that said it was a short guy, stocky, green sweatshirt, Asian or Hispanic. Mm -hmm. He fits that totally, and he's by himself, and there's talk whether him or Slowweather are texting each other, but he definitely fits a suspicious something that you would be by yourself and also who's at the grub truck that night, which no one talks about is um, Ethan's brother, Hunter. Hunter's there too. Hunter's there with a couple other girls and the girl, one of the girls came up and hugged Ailey, but um, oh, here's the guy now. I'm looking at the grub truck. He's right in the front here. He's ordering something. That's the gentleman that kind of fits the description of Washington State. And the weird part, he's by himself. He doesn't talk to anyone. And there's parts where he kind of sits back. And um, it's just weird because mostly everybody's with somebody chatting. And he's kind of just off on his own. You might see um, Ethan's brother off on the right here, too. The girl with the Idaho sweatshirt that I'm looking at now, he's with that crew. She's the girl that went up and hugged Kaylee. And what I thought was kind of weird is you don't see any interaction between Hunter 
and the girls, and they know each other. It's Ethan's brother. Right. And no one even talks about that. I don't even know if you guys know that he's there, but he's there. Ethan's brother, Hunter. I, I um, wasn't. I wasn't aware that uh, Hunter was at the grub truck video. That's that's. Good I'm news sorry, there. Enon. Uh, oh, yeah, Enon. He is harsh. Yes, yeah, he's the. the yeah. yeah, we've looked at that. I'm not sure if that's him. I mean, we, we've looked at it. It looks like uh, a younger guy to me, but it could be. Uh, uh, trust me, I am so good with with visuals with people. I that's something I'm really good at. Right. And it's him. It's got the poncho. He's got the glasses. And like I said, that's kind of odd. Why wouldn't you say, yeah, I went to the grub truck like many people do. You know, like he just doesn't even go there. Right doesn't even go there. So to me, that's like a red flag. He's showing himself in San Francisco with a lot of money. Like how does someone that's a chef, fireball, whatever, twirler, how do you make that kind of money? How do you have two apartments? Hmm. You know, how do you know, he lives out of his car. He's like the perfect person that would be a drug trafficker because he lives on the streets, kind of like just, that's him. There he is there. That's him. That is Enon. I am sure of it. You got him right there. Mm-hmm. That's him. Now, again, that's the night. There you go. There's the girl. So yeah. why? And there's a woman with him in the back. It looks like she may be with him. The woman that's in the back there because she kind mm-hmm. of him. But honestly, like to me, that's suspicion there. Now, it goes back to Brian. <clears throat> now, granted, he does fit the creeper, he's kind of arrogant towards women. I get all that. So that could put him as the murderer. It's not like he's just like not on the radar. Right. However, I just don't see him doing this himself. I don't. Right. I think there's more play. There you go. There's Hunter. Hunter, I don't know if you just saw him. This guy right he's here. Next to the girl. The girl with the Idaho. That's yeah. Hunter right next to her. He's I don't know tall. if you'll see him again. Yeah, he's tall. Uh, Ethan's taller than him, but that's Hunter. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I just, I don't know either that or if it was Brian. He, I don't think he was by himself. But I also started wondering if these things from his teenage years are true that he wrote. How he felt about himself and how he struggled. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I think it would be him is he got to the point where maybe he felt like he didn't care what was going to happen to him. Right. Whatever will happen will happen. Cards will fall where they may. And I mean, not that I think he would kill himself, but maybe if he got caught, it was just like, this was going to be his thing. And that's the only thing why I think he might like Brent so pocket right. because Brent was everything that Brian wanted to be. Remember when he was heavy, they said he wanted to be a ranger well, right. Brent was a ranger. So somehow you wonder if their paths cross. But the part that I I guess I don't want to believe is that Brent would be involved in killing girls like that. I see him more as someone, because of this background, might be undercover, mm-hmm. you know, and watching that area because it's known for drugs and if there's a lot of human or drug trafficking coming into that area you're going to have fbi there you're going to have people hopefully 
undercover trying to figure out what's going on and to right. make those, you know, busts or whatever you want to call them. But I just think it's going to be linked somehow to drugs. I could be wrong. I don't think he felt jilted by the girls. And because of that, he's going to go and kill them. And then if he did, Zana and Ethan were just unfortunately at the wrong place at the wrong time. I think the DoorDash is going to be a big part of this because if Zana answered the door or if no one answered the door and that was left there, that's going to give you a lot of information on what time possibly the murders happened. But I think Ethan and Zana unfortunately heard something or maybe they just went out to the kitchen and ran into whoever, if it was one or two or more, they saw them. And I think it was unfortunate, but I think it was because of, you know, who, you know, they just happened to see the killers. Right. And the other thing is the Bethany thing. She's, you don't have any statement from her, really nothing. Dylan is the one they're putting out all of this. Yeah. And the thing that kind of makes me implement the girls or at least Dylan whether Bethany was there, I'm not sure, is the next day for that to go till 12 o'clock, that just blows me out of the water. Like, that's the one that makes me start bringing the girls or Dylan into it because I don't know how that you go like that till 12 o'clock. That just doesn't make any sense to me. And if it was that violent of a battle, which I guess we're going to find out because if there's a lot of blood in that kitchen, then there's no way if Dylan was in that bedroom, she didn't hear that right. this was serious, what was going on. And if it was, even if you're in shock, if she made calls to other people, that's not that much of being in shock. You right. can call 911 if you can call a friend. No, and, 100%. Uh, that, yeah, and that's what makes me think, Daniel, is there's something not right there. Whether the girls are terrified now, I don't know. Whether Dylan's boyfriend is a drug trafficker, there's a lot of drugs in that area. I remember um, Dr. Thrifty, he right. showed a list. I mean, it was like several pages of all the people that were arrested for drugs in that area. It was crazy. Yeah, no, it, crazy. Sure, it sure was. And, you know, that's one of the things that has come out a lot is that there's been drugs in this area. It's been, it's been speculated. Uh, we're going to go over your comments for a little bit. And I want to thank you so much for, for calling us in. And you've had a lot of great insight. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. Bye. Great caller. Great caller. She had a lot of insight. She thinks that, you know, in and harsh may have been partially, you know, possibly involved. Uh, Brent Kopaka, you know, uh, has some training is something that Brian Koberger was, uh, you know, maybe perhaps, you know, um, intrigued by, uh, blue. Do you think, and we'll answer this question right here, this $5 super chat, um, from Alyssa Anson asking, is there any link between Brent and the victims? I don't think so. I don't think that there's been any link so far. Kelly, Kelly Hardy comes in with a $2 super sticker. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. Um, and thank you callers. Um, <clears throat> thanks for coming back blue, a little bit of technical difficulty, I assume. 
You there? Yeah, my internet's down. <clears throat> I'm on my phone. Oh, got you. Yeah, yeah. I said my, my internet's down, so I'm on my phone. Oh, man, that's weird, man. It's so much. So I have much. to jump on. Uh, What's that? The blue? feds, man. They're always, they're always messing with me. But... Dude, they are, man. They definitely are. It's the are. feds. They're always trying to mess with me. But... They're trying to get you, bro. They're trying to get you. Let's turn on. We're turning back on. No, everything's down. Yeah, we turned the. Uh, the um, we have the phones back on. Let's um, let's hear another one. Ugh, but good callers. There's a lot of a lot of folks are still thinking that there's an accomplice or a, uh, uh, if not an accomplice, a um, an informant or sources. You know, there there just seems to be a lot more to this case than meets the eye, so to speak. Um, you know, we were looking at the uh, grub truck video. While that was going on, uh, let's see. Oh, we got a new call. Call from John. Welcome to the Turkey Show. You're live on here. Who are we talking to? John. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going okay. Uh, I was listening to you for a little bit. I heard a previous caller was mentioning uh, about uh, Brent. Right. The Brent Kopecka thing, if, if it possibly was like a, a fake killing or however, and he witness protection, uh-huh. wouldn't that go, wouldn't that mean that this is a lot bigger than Brian? Like, he's obviously, you know, it's a one guy thing. I mean, they couldn't put somebody in witness protection for a guy who did a one off crime, could they? Um, <clears throat> if, it, if it's a one off crime, probably not then it's probably not a witness protection situation and the guy is is um taken and uh, you know i I wouldn't i'm not saying that that's the case myself Mm -hmm. um but you know that's been a theory uh, of a lot of people that he's still alive I, i don't think that's the case myself i think he's passed on now did they find something that pointed the finger towards brian koberger in his apartment or or was he talking to authorities prior to? There's a possibility there. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I had another question regarding uh, a lot of people, you know, speculating about why Dylan didn't call or why didn't Dylan didn't call nine one one readily, you know, quickly right afterwards. <clears throat> well, like Brian obviously wanted to be a police officer and whatnot. What if he was wearing something that suggested to her that he was a police officer? Not necessarily a full-out police thing, but just something she would think that a police officer would wear from like what she would see on a movie. And thus if she called police, he might be somebody who was determined. Gotcha. Kind of thing. And uh, that would be the last person maybe she would want to call. Um, right. Um, maybe. I mean, it's possible. The The description on the probable cause affidavit was that he was wearing dark clothing. I think, I think that that would be in there there would some, you know, then again, maybe not, that wouldn't be needed for the probable cause affidavit. It's quite possible um, that maybe she looked out and thought that was, um, you know, an officer. And like, she wanted somebody else around her, like when she, when the cops were going to come, so that kind of protection in numbers kind of thing. Right. Um, That was just a thought. I'm not 100% positive. And this is again, another possibility, but if there were drugs in that house and there were like enough for her to be worried about kind of thing. 
would not they were in one of the victim's rooms, and she did not want to go in there to get that. Maybe. I mean, that, that, wanted someone else to do that. That's a possibility. I mean, you know, if somebody were to believe that a college sorority house that frequently has parties where it's gotten upwards to about 150 people at the party and not think that there are party favors, drugs of some sort in that house or that have traveled through that house uh, would be naive. Um, you know, we've seen how they acted when it came to the 911 tapes uh, just for alcohol. As far as the students go, um, you know, they were, you know, they were afraid of the police. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if there was some sort of narcotics in there that prevented them, you know, or at least made them think to prevent them from contacting the authorities right away. Yeah, but like it wouldn't take eight hours or six hours for her to get rid of if they were like in her room or, or somewhere that was away from the crime scene where she might not be as worried to, you know, dispose of them herself or, or get rid of them herself. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. That that was the only thought. Like, I mean, obviously, if there's a little bit and she can take care of it, she probably would have done that along, you know, quickly, as opposed to waiting if she knew what was going on, kind of. Right. No, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But um, yeah, thank you so much for giving us a call. Me and Blue are going to talk about your comments. Uh, uh, do you have anything else? No, that was it. I just wanted to run those by you, and thank you very much. Thank you so much. You have a good night. Thank you for calling in. We have a five dollars super sticker um, from Cynthia Gaines. Thank you so much. Yeah, so he, he makes up a good valid point. Do you, you know, I, I personally don't think that um, Kopaka is, is alive uh, anymore. I, I don't think that you know if they're not putting Dylan in witness protection or Bethany in witness protection. I don't understand why they would do that to Brent Kopaka. You get what I'm saying, Blue? Yeah. yeah. I so, think, uh, you know, it's, I think he passed and may he rest in peace. You know, I don't want to bring any extra attention to his name since he's already passed. Right, right. And hey, Dr. Thrift, thank you for joining. Thank you for joining on. Yes, I do. I do have a background in law enforcement. No longer. It's been a long time. You know, me in law enforcement was uh, the last time I was in uniform was December 7, 2012. So it's been, man, it's been over 10 years, dude. It's been over a decade. That is, where does the time go? Where does the time go? Uh, phone calls are on. We'll probably be doing this for another 15, 20 minutes tops, y'all. I want to say thank you to all 1,642 of you guys in the live chat. Again, if you guys haven't um, or guys aren't aware, uh, we did create a new channel. It's called the Drunk Turkey Clips. It's just basically uh, clips of our live shows, the important parts almost or the most fascinating parts of the uh, the show. Uh, about 10, 15 minutes will come out on, on that podcast just to bring more awareness. If you guys do us a favor and hit the, you know, the subscribe button on that channel, link is in the description. And also here, if you don't mind, if you're not already subscribed, I uh, encourage you to hit the subscribe button, like, hit the like button, get the algorithm going. We appreciate it. 100% Erica, hit that like button, also subscribe, 100% free, y'all. And the Do Not Disturb is off. We'll be taking a couple more calls here. Uh, if you guys want to call in. Um, this, 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 this case here, 
uh, the Idaho murders case is definitely one where do you think that maybe perhaps there's too much information out there, Blue? And that's why there's so much speculation that a lot of information has been put out there to allow people to connect dots that maybe we shouldn't be connecting. What do you think? Um, I think there is a lot of information out there. Uh, but the, I guess to connect the dots, I need the right information that people would like. There's a lot of people questioning, making their theories. Right. Right, right. Let's answer this call. Hello. You're on live on the air. Can you hear me? Hello? I hear someone, but nobody's answering. All right, here it goes. Uh you call. Hello, you're live on the drunk turkey show. Who are we speaking with? Hello? All right. I also saw my other line coming through. Remember, guys, we've got a new phone number. It is 726-842-0812. The old one works, but uh, this way we can get um, it's a little bit easier for me to answer these calls here. Uh, we had a call come in, but they hung up. Give us a call again. And Gail comes in with a $10 super chat with like this video. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Let's see. <laughs> somebody goes that burrito somebody ordered <laughs> so, all right let's answer this call from yes tracy thank you hello welcome to the drunk turkey show you're live on air who are we speaking with tracy thank you hey tracy how's it going going great thank you guys for taking my call um i just have a couple of questions for you um, I don't understand why. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I can hear oh, you. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I'm on my phone, so not my computer. Um, I just don't understand why the uh, Brit, uh, what's his name, Payne, chose to expose who, what, who Dylan is to the world. Why not just put uh, witness one or witness two for Bethany? But yet they refuse to say who the 911 caller is. And they also will not say who the DoorDash guy is or what type of car he was driving. So I kind of think the DoorDash guy might be the informant or some information associated with the DoorDash guy. Uh, because that part is, is kind of concerning that they... They didn't have to put those girls' names into that PCA. They just didn't have to do that. Um, and I think they may have done it to get them between a rock and a hard place for some reason. But um, I just don't understand why they didn't try to protect the girls. Because really, people really didn't know that the girls were there until they actually confirmed it by really putting their names in the PCA. Like, before that, it was just kind of speculation all over the place right about where those two girls were mm -hmm. um let me see another thing i i just don't think in is involved for some reason and i i mean my gut doesn't tell me that um uh i just think he's kind of like a gypsy person right. anyway i think he just moves around a lot he's just seems like that type of person to me 
trying to right. find work or whatever. He's probably lost his job, you know. Yeah. But anyway, and then I also have some some concerns about um, Payne seeing the sheets and then in the search warrant for for Barnes' apartment, I think Blake and Smith kind of made it clear that they didn't see a sheath. I mean, it seems to suggest that to me. And mm -hmm. then the third point, um, so that's why I think something big is going on in that area. Um, kind of, I think most people are good, good instincts are pretty much like that because it seems like the police officers are conflicting themselves, right? right. So in terms of who saw the sheath, who saw it first and uh, it just doesn't make any sense. You have three guys at the same door. One see a sheath and the other two do not when they're doing their tour. And then the last thing is, um, yeah, I tried to find information on Copaca. Uh -huh. And I do know that, you know, um, I was able to find a lot of the street cams and, um, you know, the traffic cams in Moscow. They have a lot of those. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, and they also have the photo cams too that, you know, kind of takes a picture of your license plate when you, when you, um, you know, are speeding those type of things too. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the gist of it, but I think, and also the, people always talk about where Zayna and Maddie work, but where did Kaylee work? Because a range road, uh, what is that car she had? That's a very expensive ride, you know? So, where did Kaylee work? Why nobody is looking into that? So I'm just curious um, about those three things. Right, right. She worked at it and she was an intern. I think it was a, uh, can't remember the name I had it before, uh, but she was given a uh, full-time job. The Range Rover that she had was a 2016 Rogue Sport, which is probably about $25,000. So she got, she could probably get that for a, uh, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody would give her, you know, uh, somebody of her age and job experience, twenty twenty six, twenty five thousand dollar loan for a vehicle, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, sorority being a part of a sorority comes with a lot of money that, that you have to pay for that. And so I also don't think she came from a uh, a family that didn't have the means to buy her that vehicle or, or at least support or help her with that. And so. The vehicle doesn't surprise me. Her job doesn't either or what they were doing. You know, a, mm -hmm. a lot of the folks that were part of the fraternities and, and the sororities, they, you know, you, I think that's an added like $3,800, $4,200 added per semester to what you have to pay to your, your tuition and just to be a part of the uh, of that. And so typically those that are members of those uh, clubs are, are, are well off. And so, you know, the car doesn't, doesn't throw bells to me or ring ring bells, but you have a lot of great points uh, that you've come up with. Thank you so much for calling in. Oh yeah, okay. I was just yeah the DoorDash trying to protect the DoorDash because the guy that dropped him off that night he kind of came forward and gave a statement to one of right. the news outlets, but the DoorDash guy seems to be not coming forward, or maybe they're telling him not to come forward. And then the 911 caller, I just don't understand protecting that person and then exposing Dylan and Bethany. But anyway, I appreciate your call. You're great guys. Really appreciate your professionalism and, you know, when you handle your show. Thank you so much for your contribution. Thank you. You have a great night. We'll talk about your right. comments here in a sec. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
So the first thing I want to talk about is the probable cause affidavit. The probable cause affidavit typically does have the names. It wouldn't come out to the officer that's writing the probable cause affidavit to redact the names out of it. That would fall under probably the department's um, liaison or administration department. Those are the guys that are the guys and gals that go out there and redact things and take names out. I was very surprised that they, um, they redacted them and then replaced the names with initials. That seemed very weird to me. Um, but you're right as far as the DoorDash guy not coming forward or, or nobody knows who that guy is. Um, him not coming forward, though, might be a result of us be honest with you you know he may not want to come forward because of you know everybody else that's come forward has been under heavy scrutiny lights on there by content creators and and you know uh true crime watchers that are going in there and speculating whether or not this person could be a guy that committed the crime i mean there was even the uh the attorney that was uh, that lived in front of them right um, that talked about seeing them every now and then, spoke to a couple of uh, news stations, uh, made a couple of appearances. Everybody thought that he was acting kind of odd or funny and, uh, you know, automatically were like, maybe this guy's involved. You know what I'm saying? So that might be a reason why somebody may not want to come forward at this point. But to throw those two young ladies under the bus by putting their information out there, which was done purposely because somebody wrote in those initials, right? Uh, it wasn't like those initials just popped out of nowhere. And so, um, yeah. Um, do you think that by putting out their names, maybe perhaps that was a, a tactic to um, get them to come forward with more information? What do you think, Blue? Um, I don't know. I think it was more like a – they were probably getting – calls after calls after calls wondering if there were any uh, more information. So they probably just said, you know, we're going to give them as much information as we can without stepping over a certain limit. Right. That's what I think. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and, um, and so it's with, with Ian and Harsh too, you know, and <sighs> You know, I've looked at this case quite a bit and, and, and taken in consideration of what I know about law enforcement and, and, and rules in that that area. In my opinion, um, Enid Harsh is probably not involved because, like I mentioned before, um, he wouldn't be coming out on any media if he was if he was the uh, the, the informant. They would have stopped him from doing that. And if he was an accomplice, I think he'd be behind bars at this point. And so, you know, I feel that if there was an accomplice, an accomplice, then he's not yet been apprehended. And if there was an informant, then um, we probably don't know about that person or that person is no longer with us for one reason or another. And I'll leave it at that. What do you think, Blue? Uh, is your mute button taking forever to unmute? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's messing up a little bit. It's my phone, like, um, yeah. I think my internet is kicking back in. So, um, got you. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably only take about so one. It broke more. up a little bit. When we were saying what was the question one more time. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna open up the phone lines. We'll probably take one more call before we get out of here.
Um, the uh, do not disturb is off, so phone calls can come in. But yeah, Enon Harsh, I think he did just want his uh, few minutes of fame there. Um, I don't think it was a, a situation where he was. Um, I don't think he was involved. I mean, even the fact that he I found it weird, though, that he came out and said that, you know, I, I think it was his Facebook post that said, that, you know, you don't hear anything. Nobody hears anything for people gone and nobody hears anything. And then later on, he comes back when he's interviewed saying that he heard a scream around four in the morning. You know what I mean? I thought that was yeah. that was really, really eerily weird. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's see. Do panelists think it's cartel related? Do you think that there's a possibility that this situation could be uh, cartel related? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Normally, they would they would leave. Uh, Notice, you know what I mean? Like, hey, call from or they do the yes. things yeah. Welcome, to accept, press one oh, to send a voicemail. Let's answer this one real quick. Hey, welcome to the Drunk Turkey Show. This is Daniel. Who are we talking? Who are we talking to? Leah. Hi, Leah. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you here? Let me turn the TV down. Sounds okay. good. So what are your thoughts and theories on the case? Okay, I want to talk about um, something. And, and when I try to talk about it, nobody kind of catches on. And I don't know. I, I had, at first, I saw a picture of Zana holding a watermelon and a blonde girl holding up a long black machete. And, um, and I wondered, you know... <laughs> Look at this weapon right here, right in front of us. And then I read somewhere people were thinking it was Photoshopped. And right when I read that, I saw it was a video. And Xana was getting ready to throw the watermelon up for the blonde girl to cut it with the machete. So hmm. I'm thinking, okay, here we are witnessing the frat and sorority with a weapon. Okay, and then I see videos of Jack D., balancing this like a skateboard on his chin and then a long handled axe on his chin. So there's an axe and I'm thinking this is another weapon. And when we hear about their in injuries, how they were basically cut up and mutilated. I don't know, um, you know, and in the picture with Xana or the video with Xana throwing up the watermelon, um, Hunter Johnson is right there beside mm -hmm. her. The address is on the house. It's three ones and a two. I don't know how close it is to the girl's house. And it's on a porch. To me, it looks like the one that has the ring camera mm -hmm. that, you know, and if you look at it real good and I just really think there's fraternity involvement and secret societies, fraternities are involved, are linked with secret societies. And that's where you have your hush hush. That's where you have your cover ups. I don't know any motive. I'm just saying that seeing these weapons on video and 
uh, both of them were videos, the axe and the machete. And I'm just, you know, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I have. I just wanted to talk about the weapons. If, if you can do me a favor, I haven't seen this video. Um, if, okay. if, if you find it, if you could email it to to us, or if anybody does know where that video is at, if you can email it, I have it, it on us. my phone. Yeah, if you can email it to I me, can, to, I'll email it to anybody. Yes, if you could email it to Any. me at a, a drunk turkey show at gmail.com, I'd appreciate that. Okay. I'd like to see it. Okay, good, good, good. I sure will. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for thank your you. call as well. Um, um, you know, um, we appreciate you and, and, and your and your phone call. Okay, thank you. Right. And I love your show. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank we you. appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, bye. And that's going to do it for our phone calls for the night, y'all. Uh, I hope I can get that uh, that that um video in i'm gonna see if i can find it really quickly have you have you seen this video blue no i haven't seen it let me see yeah there's supposedly there's a uh an axe and and a machete let's see Let's see. Hopefully something will come through. Oh, man, Blue disappeared. I was looking off to the side. Uh, I guess he, uh, he got knocked out yet again. Oh, there he comes back in. I see him. There you are, Blue. Yeah, I was looking at the, trying to look at the, I was trying to look at the comments, and when I tried to hit back, it threw me out of the, the stream, like, instead of hitting the X. I'm not used to being on my phone again. Yeah, yeah, no, no biggie, man. I understand, I understand. Uh, Jack Axe video. Let's see if that's what it's titled. Oh, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of videos titled that. Uh, let me just see if anybody emailed it to me yet. But great callers tonight. I appreciate everybody in the live chat. I appreciate everybody. Uh, emailing it now. Awesome, awesome. That way we can watch it while we're live on the show. Thank you so much. Leah Story, we appreciate you. Let's see. Yeah, if you're not a subscriber, subscribe. You know, we're trying to get to, to that next benchmark that we're trying to reach, and we're kind of stuck for a little bit. So, yeah, we've been to the show. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe. We're trying to get there. Let's see. I got one email and not the video. Voicemails, voicemails. Oh, whoa. Persons being threatened are identified in the police scanner of the incident. And this is referencing the Copaca situation. I'm going to look into this. Thank you so much. Um, you know who you are. You just emailed me this information uh, referencing the police scanners uh, from the Brett Kopaka situation. I'm going to go through that. We'll listen to it, and then we'll uh, we'll bring it up again. We'll bring it up. Let's see. But that's good information to have. Definitely so. 
I'm gonna check this one more time. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, let me check my spam real quick. Nah, no spam. All right. Well, we'll chill out here for a few minutes and then we'll call it a show, man. Uh, tomorrow, don't forget, y'all. We're gonna be. Um, uh, we're gonna have. It's a criming shame. At, it's going to be at one about one o'clock, one fifteen Central Time. So that's going to be two o'clock in the in the East Coast. That's going to be eleven o'clock on the West Coast. Um, if you're in the UK, that'll be about seven o'clock uh, in the evening. So um, we're going to be talking Nicola Bully. Apparently, apparently, there's a, a lot of more information coming forward, or a lot more speculation coming forward about the case that maybe perhaps it wasn't an accident. We're going to talk to Sunny Justice, man, get her in, insight on it. She's been covering the case a lot more in detail than we are or we have. And we're going to go over that, um, you know, look forward to that. We're also going to have a video come out tomorrow evening, uh, reference Dylan Rounds in, in that case. Um, there's been a uh, person charged with his murder here recently. And we're going to catch everybody up. We're going to do a recap. We're going to talk about it uh, from start to finish. Um the highlights of that case. So that way, if you're in... go ahead. Go ahead, Blue. I said we also got an evening show. I said we also got the evening show with the opinion opinionated oh, yeah. idiot. That's true. That, will be on that is true. We are also uh coming out on the opinionated idiot channel uh <laughs> Thursday night. Um if you Go check out the community post. We've shared it. We'll be out there tomorrow night there as well. Um, Pack day tomorrow, man. A lot of shows to do, but that's what it's all about. Also, uh, one of our good friends who's a, um, a film producer and director has reached out to us. Uh, just a little bit of uh, exciting news. Uh, you might be seeing myself, Jaime, and Big Blue here on the bigger screen. Uh Sooner than later, hopefully, if everything works out. If everything works out, let's see. I think uh, we said we got. Yep, we got the image here. All right, let me uh, move this to this side real quick. All right, All right and let me um, share the video. So, this is the picture here. Let me just save it real quick. That way I can I can zoom in on it. All right, there we go. So apparently that's that's Madison. I mean Azana, I'm sorry. And that is Madison with a uh, large weapon there attempting to cut a watermelon. Um, Ninja fruit style. Not sure who that guy is or that guy. But this does look like the house. Let's see. It's uh, going in this way. Where is the worth? All right. You know, we haven't asked anybody about their opinion about them tearing it down. 
Right. But what the house? What's your opinion on him? Yeah. I mean, what? I think it's uh, uh, they're gonna build like a little memorial for him. That's fine because I think there's gonna be way too many people like trying to sneak into the house and look through it. If somebody else rents it out, or it's gonna be so much controversy, uh, they right. might as well just like dole down the controversy and just turn it to something nice. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. You're right. So, uh, I'm you know, if the person that owns the property wants to do that, that's their prerogative, and that's what it is. Uh, that doesn't look like Hunter right here. If anything, that that kind of looks like Adam. Adam Lauda, the bartender from the corner club. He's a he's a bigger guy too, about six four, six five. Um that kind of looks like his face there. Uh this little guy, I don't know who that is. Um so I don't think it's this house because the the wood planks are going up and down. This one's a horizontal. This is light gray. It's not that one because that one is like, looks like logs. I'm not sure. It almost looks like. Probably one of the sorority houses. Yeah, it, it could be a number of houses. But I'm not sure where it's where it's at. It's definitely not these these houses here. I don't think it's these houses, unless it's from the back of that house. But I thought it was like this all the way through, like this log type of uh, exterior. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let me see one more thing. Let me see if I can find if somebody sent me the video video. Yeah, here it is. And I have somebody else says pour and read my email. Um, Norma, I got an email from you. It says, please read my email. Uh, there's it's a, it's a blank email. Zanna, um, I can't play the audio because they're playing, you know, music that you can't play on t on uh, YouTube. Just people having fun. I'm gonna be honest with you. It looks like Zanna's lit up most of the time. So I'm going to be honest there. Not that I'm judgmental at all. This is probably one of the saddest ones. This is one of Xana's friends. Remember, Zana was 20. Uh, 
And I don't know why I only have Xana. That's all there was. I don't know. There'll be a link to all this in the show notes after the show for sure. I want to know what happened to the watermelon. When I look at these videos, what I think is Kohlberger shouldn't even be a name that anybody That's the end of that clip. Um, I didn't see the, I didn't see the, uh, the actual, um, watermelon. Let's see. They showed a little glimpse of it. Yeah. But they didn't show them like them throwing it and cutting it in half or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, um, and it's just kids being kids, man. Young people being young people. I don't think it has anything to do with the case, to be honest with you. Um, you know, uh, it it is it is what it is. But email me that, y'all. The highlight of the year, you know what I mean? Huh? What was that, Blue? I just showing highlights of their year. You know how they how they what they did for fun. I did yeah. too on TikTok. So. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, it's it's just such a sad situation. I mean, just watching, you know, her and you know, just being a human being. You know what I'm saying? Being a young adult is it's heartbreaking. Um, but that's gonna do it for us tonight, y'all. We're about almost two hours into it. Um, we'll be back tomorrow again during the day, about one o'clock Central Time, and then we'll be on the Opinionated Idiot channel uh tomorrow night don't want to miss it hit that like and subscribe button you got any last words big blue i just want to tell everybody have a good night y'all be safe out there if y'all drinking and remember you know mental health is a big issue in the states if you have any concerns there's always people out there that want to listen for sure for sure thank you guys so much y'all have a great a great night peace out It's the Drunk Turkey Show. 